Hey, hey, I'm Chris Bradley, singer-songwriter turned pro music producer. But it wasn't that long ago that I was fumbling to find my way through the new music industry and struggling to learn basic functions on a computer like copy-paste, let alone learning how to run a recording software program. Fast forward to today, and my small but mighty company, Boomfox Productions, has clients worldwide. Hundreds of sync placements and credits including Warner Chapel, Sony, Lincoln, USA Network, and Fox. I created the Produce Like a Boss podcast to empower you to take your musical destiny into your own hands and become a self-produced artist. I focus on the business and mindset that comes with being an independent producer. Now, if you're ready to learn how to produce your music in a way that's easy, digestible, and simple to understand, I have a free workshop called The Songwriter's Guide to Producing the Simple Way that you're going to love. I break music production down in a way that's so easy, so simple. It's going to blow your mind. Just visit ProduceLegaBoss.com today and grab your spot. Also, if you're enjoying the show, I'd love, love to get a five-star review from you on the Apple iTunes podcast platform. It's super easy. Just tap five stars and drop a few words letting me know what you think about the podcast. And you can either share this on social media, so Facebook, Instagram, and you can tag me at ProduceLegaBoss. Or you can email the screenshot to ProduceLegaBoss at gmail.com. And you're going to automatically be entered to win a free consultation with me in which we can go over your music, your business whatever you like. Speaking of five-star reviews, I want to take a second and read this one from Hey Hey 1994 It says, Chris Bradley brings her knowledge of music production, the music industry, and her entrepreneurial spirit to create a podcast that leaves the listener inspired, informed, and ready to take on the daunting world of music production. After listening to just one of her podcast episodes, I was hooked and binge listened to all of them in just a few days. Wow. Thank you so much. Really quick, before we jump into the show, I just want to take a second and thank our sponsor. Today's episode is brought to you by Slate Digital and the All Access Pass. So many people ask me what's in my tool belt and what are some of the third-party plugins that I go crazy for? And I don't skip a beat when I say Slate Digital All Access Pass is the cat's pajamas when it comes to producer tools. Now, with this pass, you're going to get access to over $5,000 worth of pro plugins, synths, pro demo sessions in hip-hop, rock, and EDM, and amazing step-by-step walkthroughs with pro producers, easy-to-follow tutorials, and custom samples. And not only that, a lot of their software is modeled off of vintage analog gear that gives your track that pro polish and shine. So head over to producelikeaboss.com slash slate digital and get your first six months for only $9.99 a month. So before I introduce this next episode, I have to give you a little backstory. You're about to hear a conversation between my music production mentor and I about the world of sync and underscore. I can't tell you how many years I waited to find this wonderful, talented, and wise man. I call him my Mexican Yoda. (laughs) And once we started working together, I fell in love with his beautiful children and his superwoman wife, Hadassah, and we have been family ever since. So I guess I'm sort of partial when I say this has been my favorite episode of the podcast so far. Gabriel Candiani has been working in the industry for over 30 years and has over 4,000 sync placements. 4,000 sync placements. I know that sounds insane, right? But not only that, he does all genres, but we're specifically going to touch on underscore today because guess what? Spoiler alert. The longer your song plays, the more money you make. And guess which music plays the longest in film and TV? Underscore. <laughs> 
And you guys, honestly, I've never met anyone who works so hard, understands the value of relationships and the industry, and is so generous with their knowledge and time. So without further ado, let's jump into episode number 32, an interview with the godfather of sync and underscore, Gabriel Candiani. A producer is the one who understands what exactly the client wants. And then it's three factors that you need to understand to become a good producer. And if you got to do it on time, on budget, and on terms. Do it like a, like a, like a boss. Like a boss. All right, party people, what's up? I am sitting here today with my mentor, who I know you've heard me brag about in the past. I call him the godfather of sync and underscore. His name is Gabriel Candiani. Hey, Gabriel. <laughs> hey, Chris. I'm so happy to be talking to you. You are awesome. Just for everybody to know, Chris, wow. <laughs> you don't need more words. That's it. Who's in one? Oh man, we got nothing but love, nothing but love here. I'm so excited to have you on the Produce Like a Boss podcast. Like you have influenced me so much as a producer. You've just helped me so much. And the fact that we get to sit here and just kind of shoot the shit and I get to pick your brain and it's not only going to help me, like it's already done um, over the time that we've known each other, but it's also going to help my audience now. I'm just like, I'm tickled pink. Like I can't stop smiling. I look like I slept with a hanger in my mouth. Well, I will say honestly that I am very happy that you feel that way but i feel like i've gotten from you probably more than i was able to give you because there's just so much to you chris i mean your personality your view your drive your talent you know was always an inspiration it's, it's kind of easy to teach somebody who when you give them something you give them one and they come back with three and then you give them <laughs> three they come back with 20. it's like wow just so exciting to see what you can do with you know whatever information i was able to help you with Thank you. Thank you so much. All right. Well, let's jump into today. I, you know, I really want to talk to you about how you got your start in film and TV and ads. Cause you do it all. You're doing like advertisements, you're doing placements. Like how did you, how did you get into that? Well, you know, most of us don't start thinking we're going to be, you know, seeing professionals. You know, when you're a kid, what you want to do is get chicks. I'm sorry. Guys. <laughs> you want to get some chicks, so you grab that guitar or that piano, so you can sound romantic and just, you know, damage just enough, you know, to get that girl to notice you when you don't happen to have the muscles. You're going to go, well, but I got this guitar, so I'm going to give it that girl with that. You know, and in the beginning, it was all about trying to be an artist. And that was really the focus of my life. But as I was doing it, I started working for Universal, and then I worked for Sony, and all I did is work with artists. And then I noticed little by little that unfortunately, I really wasn't a great singer. <laughs> I really, <laughs> no, I'm sorry, I, was just, I just, I just stunk. And then the other way, I also, as you notice my Southern accent, because you know, it's just a little bit Southern. You know? <laughs> I live in Tennessee, but I go deep South. So the music that I love was in English. So to try to sing, like I love country. I just imagine singing country with this accent. <laughs> it was the dumbest thing ever. So then I just thought, you know what? It's not for me to be an artist. So I really started focusing on being a producer and a songwriter. But as I was trying to be a songwriter, I started to notice all the politics that it came to being a producer and songwriter for artists. I always have to do whatever they wanted, and then they take a big percentage of the song and all the stuff that came with it. And if I had one single in the album, that's all I got. And then, I don't know, all of the mathematics and you know, the problems of being a producer. But then I had a call from when I wanted to be an artist, I had a great relationship with a friend of mine, Brian Huffins. And happened to be an amazing anchor in the music libraries. And he called me and said, Gabriel, I can see that you're doing pop and this, this, and that, and I would like you to do some stuff for me. 
So I just did it, never expecting what kind of money you can make in this. I, I, I honestly, I did not expect it. And I was, you know, getting, can I mention little numbers? It wasn't that much, but I would get like 15,000 for one song or 30,000 for one song. And I thought it was a lot of money. I'm like, Ooh. <laughs> but then I, um, I went to Brian and Brian told me, why can't you just do some pieces for me? And honestly, I learned from him. Like, okay, I might be a little bit of a mentor to you, but I have my own mentor. Yeah. I think we all should, you know, we all should. And Brian was my mentor. And Brian is the one who started teaching me everything that honestly I want to pass on to you guys. You know, I he started teaching me how everything worked, how to do it. And I did my first library. And then I start seeing my checks grow exponentially. Like, oh, wait a minute. This is kind of good. But not only that, I start getting a consistency in it more and more and more until at one point I was able to completely leave out of my royalties. And honestly, I kind of abandoned the artist thing a little bit. I still do the artist thing, but it's just for fun. I don't need yeah. that money anymore. I just, you know, I need to express myself. Fortunately for me, my wife doesn't have an accent, so we can do some stuff. But for me, I needed to express myself artistically, but that wasn't about money anymore. My production music became the source of all my income. And honestly, I'm very happy I did that jump. That's incredible. And this is the, yeah, this is Brian, right? Who runs, who runs the, one of the biggest oh, libraries. Brian, I find, so to tell a little bit about him, to me, he is like the Steve Jobs of music libraries. Mm -hmm. So when I was, when I was a kid and I was, you know, good looking and young and I had the abs and everything, because <laughs> trust me, I don't got none of those there right now. <laughs> but when, when I was a kid and he signed me to his small label and, and, uh, and he was also trying to have his own artist thing. And I was that guy. But when it didn't work out because obvious reasons, you know, I just, you know, he was American in this market. I had big accent. It just didn't work out. The music was great, but I wasn't an artist, you know, that could represent it. I moved on to do the universe and the stuff. And then he called me. And when I started doing some jobs for him, one day I told him, dude, man, this is like good money. Can I do this more frequently? And then he told me, dude, I'm like the president of Warner Chapel now. I'm like, what? <laughs> so I'm like, oh, so I guess you can give me a job. So he started educating me and giving me opportunities to work. So I will say something that I hope that you guys all take very seriously. More important than anything on this business is going to be your relationships. No matter what you do and no matter how much you hate a client, because trust me, you will hate some of them. <laughs> you never, ever, ever close that door because you have no idea who those people will become later on. Brian is one of my dearest, closest friends now. You know, and, and I could have just said, because we invested all this money in this album and whatever, I could have just said, you know what, Brian, you ruined my career and I'm not a star because of you. Blah, blah, blah. You know what I mean? I could have just taken that approach. My record didn't go anywhere because you didn't know how to promote it. I mean, I trust me, I could have been that. But instead of being that, I say, thank you so much for it. You know, you give me a great opportunity. And when I walked out, he was stuck with an album. He didn't know what to do with it. So he actually took off my, you know, Spanish vocals <laughs> and he sent it to ESPN and actually became the theme of Monday Night Football. That's so, right. That record became the theme of Monday yes. Night Football on ESPN. It was my wannabe artist. They just kind of muted. Who's that Mexican singing top of it? It just goes to show, though, like you never know what's going to happen. And like you were saying, don't ever slam a door because it's not the, you know, an opportunity presents itself for a reason and how it pivots and changes shape as it moves along. That's not up to you to determine, like follow that flow, you know? Honestly, I mean, I'm going to say it right now. Maybe I'm a mentor to you in production, but you're a mentor to me in this whole masterclass. I want all of you to know that the one that convinced me to do this is Chris. Chris was the one that told me, Gabriel. 
you need to talk about these things with all these people. I have all my friends and my thing. Why don't you talk? And I was like, nah, nah, nah. because I'm a little more of a, I do it for a living. And honestly, I kind of was like, I don't know about being a teacher, but the more I learned from you, the more I understood that, oh, wait a minute. This is like a whole new thing I need to learn. And you are my mentor when it comes <laughs> to that. You really are. You're a, well, thank you. It, I mean, the thing is, is you're such a good teacher and I, I, I've learned so much from you and I know how much you, and more importantly, I know how much you love to teach. You absolutely light up and you're just such a, a natural teacher that I feel like it would be a disservice to the world if, if more people didn't learn from you. And that's- well, Honestly, I love it so much. You know, when I started teaching, I, I only did one-on-one classes. I know. Because honestly, honestly, <laughs> I didn't really need the income of it. And I just really wanted to teach and people because like I enjoy it so much. Out of 10 people, well, no, you're like one in a million, honestly. But you know, sometimes you find this talent that it just needs guidance. Yeah. Or like people who have great ideas, but they just don't know how to turn that into cash, you know, right. things like that. And I honestly, I'm already okay. So I really wanted to share that. So when you tell me about this idea of teaching people, I I never really thought of it, honestly. You're the one who made me open up my eyes to it. And honestly, I appreciate it so much because I really enjoy teaching one-on-one. The problem was that not everybody was ready for being a professional in a one-on-one. So then I understood the importance of a course. Honestly, I had a big education from you. So I understood, okay, some people need to see in a video, go through it carefully, whatever, until they're ready for something else. And honestly, I learned, I even took your own class. Honestly, I took it, you know, and I, and I go, oh man, she's really good. You know, and then you were teaching all these like specifics and all these things. And I understood that it was something very, very needed. And the service that you give is amazing. And I am so grateful that you allowed me, opened my eyes to the possibility of, you know, teaching other people, because I do love it. Oh, well, I just cannot wait to see like how this unfolds for you, because like I said, you're amazing at what you do. And I've already caught a sneak peek at what you've been working on. And I'm so excited. But you know what? We'll save that towards the end of the interview questions, because I I don't want to get too much into that right now. I want to get to this this next question that I have, because ah, this is just one of those brain explosion, mind blown moments for me when you, and maybe not in even in a good way at the moment, because it put my ego. in. (laughs) But when you, here it is, when you told me what the definition of a producer was, I went, Oh, you know, I went, Oh, maybe I, am I a producer? Wait, am I a producer? So tell me what is your definition of a producer? All right, so there's a huge mis- misconception of what a producer is, an arranger is, a musician is, a composer is. They're all completely different jobs. So I'm going to start by just reading the actual dictionary of what producer means, all right? And then I'm going to take it to our world. So, I, I, you know, hey, I- Oh my God, I love you. <laughs> all right, so I just put it there. And this is what it says. Supplies, goods, or commodities for sale. Mm. Okay, this is exactly what the dictionary says what a producer is. Supplies. It doesn't make them. Mm-hmm. It supplies them. All right? Supplies goods or commodities. So mm-hmm. not necessarily tangible things. It could also be, you know, intellectual property, type thing of commodities of, you know, whatever, for sale. So let's understand. Producer is not the guy who makes the beat. All right, that is not it. You can be a beat maker and not be a producer because the difference will be that you have to have a client. So if you are making music and you don't have even a fictitious client, you are not a producer here. You're just making beats. 
And just making beats is not gonna get you paid. This is a very, very different deal. You can do an instrumental, but if you are not making it for a client, then it's a problem. You see what I'm saying? So a producer is the one who understands what exactly the client wants. And then it's three factors that you need to understand to become a good producer. And if you gotta do it on time, on budget and on terms. Mm. That's it. That's, that's the basic thing of being a great producer is you have a client, you stipulate what your budget is, even if it's nothing, even if they tell you, I'm going to pay you zero for it. If you accept it, then it's fair. All right, producer, on time, on terms. So it means, what are the terms? What, am I going to keep the songwriting chair? Are you going to get in the publisher? Can I keep part of the publishing? You know, all of the details you have to understand about the basic things of a contract, okay? And on, on terms, and then on time. It means, what is the timeline? Whenever you're going to produce for somebody, you should know by when does this has to be done. So as long as you give it to them on time, on budget, and on terms, you're going to be great. They don't care if you play nothing. And I would like to give you a couple of examples. Clyde Davis, which is to me is one of the greatest producers that has ever walked the earth. The guy don't even play the G chord, okay? He don't know. He can play the maracas. All right. And yet he was one of the greatest producers ever. He did Winnie... Um, Winnie Houston, he did, uh, I don't know, I can go on and on and on. Just put the Clyde Davis and your YouTube. You're gonna oh, yeah. be surprised. Clyde Davis is a genius. He didn't play anything. He Rick, didn't Rick, Rick Rubin oh. didn't play anything. Yeah. Right? You, see, you don't have to play anything. You don't have to uh, write anything. No, nothing. You need to understand your client and give your client what he needs on time, on terms, and on budget. If you do that, you are a great producer. Now, before before everybody starts crying and, and says <laughs> and gives up, there's light ahead, you guys, because just because making a beat or creating music doesn't make you a producer, it doesn't mean that you're not. It just means you need to be able to put that hat on as well, because as Gabriel is going to explain as he gets into the next part of the answer to this is, you know, you could be an arranger and also a producer, right? You could okay, be yeah. the song, right? So I'm going to let you keep going, but I want to make sure people stop crying. I want to monopolize the whole conversation. <laughs> All right, people, start the monologue. <laughs> so, keep, so keep going. All right. All right, so look, see, one of the things that mistake that we a lot of times do as, as like, a, we want to be artists, not so most of you guys play a little keys or do some arrangements, or especially if you already took the class, like, which is a badass class, yours is really great. You are already making your arrangements. You understand that construction and all that kind of stuff, all right? So yes, to do something, you need to understand all the mathematics of creating a piece. Because if you're the producer, you need to know when that product is right and when it is not right. Now, sometimes you can be the right musician for that production. Sometimes you can be the right arranger for that production. Sometimes you want to do the whole thing yourself. That's cool. You should know. For me as a producer, when I listen to a song, I understand what the guitar player should sound. And if I am the right guitar player, then I play it. I understand what the keys should be. And if I'm the right piano player, I play it. If I am not, I do the basic and I find somebody else to play it. But I will always, always make sure that the king is the product. The product needs to be what it needs to be. Sometimes in our own vanity, we want to play everything and we kind of ruin the track because let's just say I'm, I'm just a mediocre guitar player and then I make these great drums, this great composition, but the guitar really stinks. But because I want you know, struck my own ego, I play the guitars and I ruin the song. So mm -hmm. what I'm saying is one, yes, you need to learn to arrange. 
yes, you need to learn to be a you know a musician of some sort and everything because in these days it's hard to be hiring a bunch of people. No? I mean, Clyde Davis just went and hired some geniuses to do everything and, and got it done. But if you need to be the guy who learns how to do it, then yes, you need to educate yourself. That's what these courses are for. Yeah. So first, you need to like in my course, I do a lot of psychological stuff that is about setting your mind in the right place to understanding how to function, how to create, how to do things you need to do. So I, I wanted to go back to what you just said. Artists have this particular problem. They're their own clients. So right. <laughs> a, a, people say, a lot of people say, I'm making all this great music and nobody wants to buy it basically. But you need to understand when you create a music, the first thing you need to know is who your client is. So if you're your own client, you better pay yourself real good. Oh. Because you might be you might be the only person paying for that song. All right, that's it. Talk about a notable quotable right there. That is right there. I'm making a quote card. If you if you're your own client, you better pay yourself real well. Yeah, that's it. Because you might be the only one. No, but that sometimes is an artist who has something to say, and you just don't care if anybody buys it. You don't care what's gonna happen. This is what I have to say. Okay, that is when you're your own client. But if you're gonna work in production music, music, which is what I teach, honestly, production music is not music production, right? Mm. For example, your class is an amazing music production class. I, I've taken it and I see what you're teaching uh, to all your, you know, Boomfax fans. I don't know what you call them, students. <laughs> students. And, and it is you, you're teaching music production. You're telling them a lot of how to arrange, how to play this, you know, how use EQ, the compressor. And I love your classes. Very specific. What I'm teaching is production music. And what's the difference? Is the next step is how to take what you learn and turn it into cash now. You know, how to understand, okay, now I know how to do an arrangement, how to equalize it, how to mix it, how to master it, but uh, now what I do with this song. See, you needed to understand that first, you needed to understand who your client was, how to pitch it to your client, how to do the presentation. I mean, there's all these different things that you need to know. But yes, when you're your own client, you might find people who love it or you might not. But when you're a production music professional, that's not how you function. You function by first determining who your client is. So like you saying, well, Gabriel, I don't have any clients. I'm just some guy here playing in my basement and I don't wanna be doing this and going to my day job. All right, well then you need to start by having an imaginary client. You go to YouTube and you look at Walmart, for example, if you wanna get into advertising and then you listen to all the stuff that they listen. So you understand the taste of the music uh, producers and the, the, the ones who choose the music for it, all right? My English isn't that great, sorry. So then <laughs> you, you listen to it and you go, oh, so that's what they're looking for. And then you need to learn to produce that kind of music. Whether it is that you're gonna play everything yourself or you're gonna hire other people, that's a different factor. But you have your product has to be just as good as the one they do. So when you start doing that, guess what's gonna happen? everybody is going to hear it and go, yeah, that sounds like it belongs in a Walmart type of commercial. Mm -hmm. You're going to be able to open the right doors and you'll be able to walk into libraries and they're going to say, yes, yes, yes. That's how I place over 4,000 songs. It's because whenever I do a song, I don't just do it to satisfy myself. <laughs> okay, that's not a little sexy, but <laughs> for all you sexy people out there, let me put it to you in sexy terms. All right. I, I, I probably not to be X-rated. But bottom line is, it's like making love. You really have to consider the other person's satisfaction while you're at it. <laughs> Can we just get a mic drop right there? That's right. And that's why I'm still married after 20 something years. 
<laughs> well, what I'm saying is when you're doing music, you need to make sure that you're satisfying your client. So now, if it's your music and basically you play and you have an orgasm when you're hearing, oh my gosh, my song <laughs> is so awesome. You know what I'm saying? Well, that is great. But if your client thinks that stinks, guess what? He ain't gonna pay you. So you need to be very, very clear that he is going to be satisfied. I don't know. I already monologue too much. No, so, I love it. I love interrupt it. Interrupt me, please. Interrupt me. No, no, this is magic. This is exactly, this is exactly, this is better than I thought it was going to be because I'm like, just I just, like want, I just want to I just want to share you with the world and the fact that we're doing that right now is just so cool. And it's, and it's so true. And it's like, you know, if somebody is feeling discouraged, like, well, no one's hiring me yet. You know, you could create your own avatar client, right? You just get That's on it. YouTube and you get out there. It's like Tony Robbins says, which by the way, guys, uh, I call Gabriel, my Mexican Tony Robbins, because like, he is like, not just a fantastic mentor and coach, but he's also a great mindset coach. And we are just like the dearest friends. We're family. And I just, I love you, my Mexican Tony Robbins. Yeah. But speaking of uh -huh. Tony Robbins, Tony Robbins says, uh, uh, success leaves uh does he say clues or footsteps or footprints but success leaves clues right and he's so he's got a big feet so he must leave some very big <laughs> right steps. so if 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 success leaves clues all you got to do is look at what's working you just got to find it's like you know even like you were telling me you watch tv and when you see like a cool commercial or a scene like you're like oh you take a note of that because you, you know, know what your client's gonna be I, um, because I do a lot of film, you know, and by the way, my course is about, I, I'm going to focus on different areas, but this course right now is about film and it's because it's what makes me the most money, honestly. You oh, know, yeah. film underscore is what makes me the most money. Okay, so, well, let's, oh, I was going to say, let, will you, let me, let me ask you the next question, which we'll get into right, just right, to right, like, right. provide clarity for everyone. So my next question is, what is your biggest moneymaker as a producer with over 4,000 sync placements? And let me think about that answer. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely underscoring. 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 Okay, well, so let's understand this from two different perspectives. All right. When you're doing advertising for an advertising agency, advertising makes a lot of money because you have creative fees and sync fees and things like that that can make advertising very lucrative. But when you're working for music libraries, there is no creative fees. So now you depend on the length that the piece is getting played. So if you have an ad and the ad is only like 10 seconds or 15 seconds, you know, honestly, your check ain't going to be that big. Most of the creative fee is going to end up with the owner of the masters and things like that. And that's just the way music libraries work. So if an advertising, when an advertising company calls me, I make like 10 grand sometimes in just one little commercial, like about $15,000 in one ad. But when I put him in a music library, sometimes I don't even get any money up front. But the length of it and the frequency, how many networks and which networks determine the amount. So now, the, the, the length of it and the, the length of it has everything. So how long it is? How long so it is? soap opera and they have this ambient in the background. And even, even I go like this, you know, and I got this cool sound that I just manipulate, whatever. And I put a plim, 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 that's up and, and, and not that complex, whatever. And it turns out it makes me way more money than this piece that I spend in like three weeks making it all perfect. And, and then they put the lyrics and then they muted the singer. And then I'm like, wow, I spent the $300 on that vocal. And they just, you know, just muted him, whatever. But it's just, they're just different business. So I just want to say, when you do advertising and, and you do it for an advertising company or agency, you're going to get a lot of money from, from creative processes and things like that. But when you do music libraries, it's different. You want to have a lot of underscores. Now, you can also make a lot of underscores for independence. But that also has a creative feeling is different. But like if you right now don't have clients 
and you're going, I, I don't have advertising companies knocking my door. I don't think you need to start through music libraries. Now I want to tell you why I love music libraries because it is an, it's an income that stays there and it trickles through the years. I have pieces that I made literally, I don't know. Okay, so that first album that I did for, for Brian, it was in the 80s, can you believe it? But you can see by my white hair, those times when I had abs was a long time ago. All right, so in the 80s when I used to be hot, yeah, ladies, I used to be hot. It happened, all right, trust me, it happened. So in those days, those pieces are still making me now because sometimes they go oh. to retro ESPN thingies and it is my pieces. And boom, the big shake comes. You in. have pieces from the 80s still making yes. money? Yes, right now. So when you go to an advertising company, they give you this big chunk of money and you get your thing for the line, the, the length of the campaign, boom, it's over. But when you do libraries, they stay there. Yeah. And they, they just right there to collect money. So it's kind of like the difference between buying and selling houses and renting houses. So I would say the music libraries are like buying properties and then putting them for rent. Maybe they don't make a lot of money, but there's this little trickle that never stops. All right. And working for big uh, advertising campaigns and stuff like that is more like selling the house. You get a whole bunch of money, but then it's out. I've done a bunch of stuff for like, a, I do work for London and friends and um, Germany companies uh, because they think I'm American. <laughs> <laughs> that is the beauty of internet. I'm just typing. They don't hear my accent in it. Because of, because of my reputation or whatever, I do a lot of stuff. And trust me, they pay me big money. It's a front. I don't see any back end, but the front end is freaking sweet. All right. But when I do music libraries, I just deposit a whole bunch of stuff and I grow a catalog. And then sooner or later, just speaking more and more and more and more stuff until I have a very solid, you know, income from BMI, which is my company. BMI. All right. Okay. So you get the BMI check and it's a very nice check. So then at one point you're combining your income from BMI with your income from, you know, the companies and it gets pretty healthy and you know, sweet. It, it does. What can I tell you? It does. Money, money, it, money, I'm money, a Mexican, money. dude. I, I was this close to just jumping the border. I came to the <laughs> United States and just, I, I was a student. I didn't know what to do with my life. I barely spoke any English, no family, no nothing. And I do every day what I want. You know what I'm saying? I get up every morning whenever I feel like it and I come and do my songs or whatever I feel like it. But as long as I deliver on time, they don't care when I do it. So so basically they tell me it's gotta be bad by Wednesday. And I don't feel like working until 12 at night, man. All right. And now I'm like, ah, oh, I'm ready. And I finish it. I deliver on time, on terms, on budget. And Boom. they keep work. That's it. Boom. I love that. Okay, so so let's talk really quick about um like the difference between an underscore piece getting placed and an original song getting placed. Um, and I'll just kind of finish that off with my understanding is like underscore can really like, it, it really paints a scene without getting in the way. So from my knowledge, I, I tend to notice that it just lasts longer and can, you know, as it changes, you know, there's so many like different dynamics, but it can kind of last longer as to where I've only heard like an artist piece where like the artist is singing for a pretty short period of time. You tell me. What you think? Okay, so when it comes to music, like to underscores versus songs. Okay, so in production music, you have different like genres. So you have like sports music, you have advertising music, you have in program music, which I will discuss in a second. You have underscores. In program music, it would be like a song. So you have a scene and about to get busy. Let's get it on. <laughs> and then you hear that song in the background. All right, and that song is going to incur two fees. 
One is going to be the same fee, but usually music libraries use that to pay for infrastructure. So what you're going to get out of that is performances. So if that song only gets played for 15 seconds, then your pay is going to be a 15 second pay. You know, but if that song gets played for a whole two minutes or whatever, then it's going to get paid big. It could be just one sound. Right. And that's it. And that's what they sometimes I've done these productions with these big orchestras and I am talking just this humongous epic thingy. And then there's this violin in the back that goes and they just go. That's what I want. And that's what they play. But they guess what? They pay me the exact same amount of money. Right. So production, you know, underscoring is just a way business because it's all about setting up that mood. Honestly, it's all about the feeling. It's all about creating that mood. They can be complicated or not complicated. That depends on the needs and then the client because the client might want something rocker or something symphonical or whatever, but they will all obey the same rules, which I explain in my course. And if I tell them to you now, then you're not going to get my course. <laughs> Go get it. <laughs> all right. Does that answer a little bit? No, it totally does. Um, but I wanted to, to kind of follow that up with like, you know, how, how experienced do you think somebody needs to, to be with like, um, to be able to nail underscore, because it sounds like they uh, can get very complicated, but it also sounds like it can be very simple. What, what do you think? No, honestly, not very experienced, honestly. Right. Okay. So, so I want, I want to explain this carefully and truthfully. All right. First than anything, an underscore could be very sophisticated, very complicated piece of work, okay? Like you look at a hand Zimmer, for example, and then I'm, you're talking cello, strings. I mean, you're talking just an amazing composition and it feels like out of your hands, but it is not. And I do explain in my course, but I will give you like a quickie of the situation. All, all music has very basic mathematics, no matter what they are. They have a, a major percussion. Okay, now I have my own names for stuff because I actually don't know how to write or read music. I, I just, Really? I didn't know that. You're no, such a great piano player. You don't know how to read music? No, I just, because I went to a conservatory. And I, when I started reading to read music, it, it was so boring to me. I never wanted to play somebody else's music. I wanted to play my own. So I spent all my time creating my own pieces and then getting other people to go with me. And, it, and my passion was always creating, was never reproducing somebody else's music. For sure. So I always felt that I needed to read if I wanted to do their song. But since I didn't want to do their song, then I didn't care about reading. Yeah. But I did, I did my own like theories and mathematics of how to create. So I'm actually, as you know, very scientific about how I create music. It's just, I kind of came up with my own assumptions. So I would like to tell you just a quick assumption. So in any production, and I will, I want you to just go on this trip with me, all right? So you have a big percussion, which I call it, let's just call it the poon and the pan, all right? So like, let's say it's a rock song, poon, pa, poon, pa, all right? And then you always have a minor percussion, the hi-hat, the shaker, whatever. You know what I mean? You have something that doesn't go pun and pan, but it just kind of establishes that groove. Then after that, you have something that is a bass. So if I was doing orchestral, that would be a big cello. Mm -hmm. If I was doing funk, that would be a Fender, you know, slab bass. If I was doing rock, it's probably an Ibanez with a distortion, but it's still occupying the same space on that arrangement, which is the low end of it. Mm -hmm. And then after that, it will move on into a chord type of thing. So if I'm doing orchestral, it will be strings, you know, or if it was, uh, I don't know, 60s music might be an organ, but it's still occupying the same thing. It's, it's still a chord type of thing. 
And then from that, you move to a musical percussive uh, part, which is what I think, which is like, a, let's say it's fun. It will be that will be a musical percussive thing. So you have an, an organ that goes wah, 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 and you have ting, 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 and you have a boom, ka, boom, boom, ka, and you have a, a minor, you see? But if it was, but if that was orchestral, it would be boom, 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 boom. You know what I'm saying? And then the top will be a cello going, and then you have strings that go, you see? Same thing. Yeah. It's the same thing, it's just different sound selection. So it's a complex, not when you understand the philosophy, the understanding behind it. Yes. Which honestly, that's what I focus my classes on. You can think, well, I'm going to take an underscore class. No, you're not. You're going to understand how to produce. Because when you understand it, it doesn't matter what you're producing. You can produce hip hop, R&B. If you go into my thing, you will notice that I have a lot of stuff in hip hop. You know, I have rock and roll, heavy metal, country, any style. Why? Because they all mathematically the same damn thing. They all have the same places and instruments and they all have a construction. So right. in like in my course, that's kind of what I go through. What kind of construction should you have? So that you can say, but that seems too complicated. No, not really. For the right client, you might be the right person. See, right. I have this uh, album that I created with one of my great friends, Corban. You know, I have my favorites. <laughs> this thing being the first one, she's awesome. And I have another friend, his name is Corban. He started teaching me how to play guitar and, and he ended up being one of my best friends. So that guy, I can just give him a formula. He starts understanding because we work together. You know, you, we did the same thing, Chris. Yeah. That I will tell you, Chris, this is the formula. We're going to go ping, ping, dun, 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 and this is the construction. Dun, 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 and you understand exactly what we're doing. So what I'm saying is when you understand the principles of production, you will understand how to build any song, whether you want to be an artist or an underscore artist or whatever you want to be, you will be able to understand it. Now, another thing that I do in my course is go very specifically for sound selection what plugins work for what, what sounds work for what, how to do it to where something very simple works. So when I was talking to my friend Corban, I told him, dude, I want to do something weird. And we started working on this project. And let me tell you, it's just, I mean, I mean like the, the whole thing is just like that. And let me tell you what, Warner Brothers took it out and right now being pitched to several movies. And trust me, it's something that just about any of you guys can do if you understand the principles. If you understand construction, sound selection, if you understand these things, you can do it. I, I am absolutely sure that by the time that you're done, you will be able to do it. In fact, one thing that I do in my course, uh, Chris, is when people are done with the course, they can send me what they created and I wanna choose some people and I wanna take them to the next level. Cause you'll be know that's what I love. Yeah. I wanna find some people who I go, oh man, this guy's really talented. Let me bring opportunity to them, you know, because right. It's not good if you know. I mean, you you finally know what to do, but you you want a chance of actually getting to it, you know. And and when I feel that somebody is ready, I will definitely do it because it is really my passion to to share this with other people and to for them to not suffer what I suffer, you know, in the beginning by just being lost. I had all this great music in my house, and only my mama listened to it. You know, <laughs> right, right. Well, I mean, <clears throat> I know I can speak for myself in that you know the work we've done together has resulted in like a lot of placements. I think at hundreds, you know, at this point, right? Yeah. And yes, then I've actually brought you a couple um, students and 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 yes. partners that have you've gone on to get there. We already placed our stuff. 
You're we already placed, placed yeah. Matt, Matt already placed, by the way. Uh, Ryan already placed. Just you know, you know the girl. She's amazing with her boyfriend and those guys. I didn't want to mention yeah. the names, but you know, amazing. They already placed. They placed like twenty songs already. So. Oh. Smokes, I didn't know that. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I'm, I'm not still placing. I'm still placing with him, like a, the the guy who they arranged in that duet. I mean, because basically they're artists and and they still haven't like they feel like doing this means giving up on their dreams. And I want to explain that because they kind of feel like I'm doing that just to pay my bills, but that's not who I am. You know that kind of thing. No man, there is two parts to this. Right. It doesn't have to be one or the other. Yeah, you don't have to not do your own art to do this. It's just that this is a little more of a career approach to music. And right. the other one is an artist approach to music, where one, you hope to make money. And in this one is you are focusing on how you're going to make money on it. Right. And I want to speak to that really quick, because there's something you've said before that I love, which is like, you know, people people think, well, I'm just going to do what I want. Maybe I'll get lucky. And, and you say, I love when you say, are you feeling lucky? It's like you could shoot a bullet up in the sky and then go, yeah, it'll probably hit something coming on its way down. You know, it's like yeah. or you could strategically laser focus, point your you know, aim your shot right where it's, you know, and, and hit through the pathway to where you want it to go. So it's like, you know, even like you were saying, you and Hadassah, his wife, by the way, super babe. I actually call her superwoman um, because there's nothing that she can't do. She, she's she's she a was that with me. That's proving enough. <laughs> And she's a fantastic artist and a, and a songwriter and a singer. And I mean, like you guys work on your projects that you love, that you know, like aren't necessarily part of the market that you're serving. So you do that on another time. And then you've even said, you're like, oh, we're just working on this right now because we love to. And if it finds a market, great. But like, we know then to just sit down and go, let's just make something we love and then trying to find the market after. And I think that's what- We're we gonna come out with a product. Can I do a little plugin? So her name is gonna be Naomi Black and we are gonna do her own album. And we're not doing it for money. We don't give a crap if anybody likes it. Exactly. Honestly. But you know, because the I already make a living doing what we do, you know, well, so all, then people are going to love it because you're badasses no matter what you do. Yeah, it's pretty good. Actually, it's pretty good. <laughs> it is. It is. It is. And, and I wouldn't be surprised if it found success just for that alone. But the, the, the fact is, is that you know the difference of when yes. you are showing up to work and you're serving a client. And when you're like, you know what, I'm going to just do this thing that really serves me and I'm going to hope for the best. And you're separating it and being able to take off that hat. And that kind of moves us into, I think, my last question here, which is like, what are the biggest artists mistakes artists make when they try to, you know, produce themselves? And I think that just comes back around to they serve themselves, right? Yeah, it is both a blessing and a curse. Mm. All right. So let me just say that this, the biggest mistake is also the biggest great thing that they do. And there it comes the the dilemma, the what is that word that means just I don't know, but it, there is the problem. The, how can I say that? Okay, all right. So when you are being an artist, you have two choices. You can be an artist to please a crowd. So for example, you say, Well, you know, I'm kind of a country girl, so then I choose for in country, for example. Or you can say, well, you know, I'm a black girl, I'm really good at hip hop, and I don't know, I look like this and like that. And you just basically weigh your options, find who your client should be, and you take the, the producer approach at it or trying to please them, to sell them something. All right, well, that's one approach, which can be great and can be not great because it could be great because maybe you find the audience that you thought you were going to find. And then guess what? You did calculate your product perfectly. And boom, there it is. You're succeeding. You knew what they wanted to hear and you gave it to them. Boom. But you know what? You can also fail. Yeah. 
You could also just absolutely be a kiss butt, which basically you're just doing whatever they want and you don't care anymore what you love and you kiss their butts and do anything they want. Love me. And then they don't. Mm. Or you can just do whatever the hell you want and the music sounds like you want and you produce it for you because you listen to it, go, oh, this is glorious. Like I say, you listen and you stop having an orgasm to listen to your own song. <laughs> I mean, and then guess what? And suddenly finds an audience. Like for example, for me, Chris Stapleton. Mm-hmm. When you listen to that guy sing, I keep going to country because I really love country. But anyway, when he's playing, man, he's like into himself. He like couldn't care two bits about what you're thinking about. And yet he's so captivating. Oh yeah. But then you have a different approach. Like let's say um, Justin. When you see them performing together, you see Justin working the crowd, looking at them, look at me, boom, here it is. Am I badass or what? He has that approach, not when you see Justin, you know he knows he's badass, and he's there to tell you for you to know he's badass. Not and then you look at Chris right next to him, and he's just looking at Justin <laughs> and just don't giving a crap what anybody else is thinking and just enjoying himself doing what he's doing. So the same mistake that you can do, well, one way could be the same thing that could be the best thing for you. So only you can determine what changes are gonna do. So Personally, as a, as a guy who's lived this for a long time, I will tell you to have it both ways. This is will be my counsel to you. And that's to you too, Chris, because you don't know, but Chris is one badass artist by the way. Uh. Oh yeah, you. I love your voice and you're a great writer. But anyway, I think you should have it both ways. So what I mean with this is, for example, take production music, learn to work for others, learn for advertising companies, do underscoring, understand how to be a professional. Not just how to, you know, learn your way around the keyboard. No, be a professional. Learn to be a professional. Boom, there it is. You have a career. And then on the side, just please yourself. Well, that sounded kind of weird. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, anyway, just do something for yourself that you love. And then let's see what works. Whatever is working, then you build on that. So if it turns out that, like for me, production music is really paying my bills, guess what? I put money in that cochinito because you know what? It makes me money. Cochinito? What's that? (laughs) I love it. Give it to me. What's that? I'm going to be a Ricky Ricardo when I speak. Okay. So I put it in the cochinito, which is my piggy bank, because you know what? I keep investing on it because it's just making me a lot of money. But then I still have to have, I still have a soul. So I still have to do some things for me. So if I take it and then people likes it, then I have the other pleasure if it pays me or not i don't care but I, i'm getting that so i will say for you to keep your soul and at the same time don't be leaving your mama's basement all broke you need to take okay so let me put it this way if this is a very big misconception about music professionals right they people think that you can just you know chill you know being there playing your guitar you're gonna make it you're not gonna make it if you just sit in there in your house just making songs and you don't have a plan yeah it's not gonna happen let me tell you it's not you have to be one in a million you have to be so lucky that you're saying to finally shoot an arrow in the air and like oh you hit a deer wow all right but if you focus your your mind, and then you understand, this is how I'm gonna make a living. If you wanted to be a doctor, you will have to invest on going to college. You have to invest on paying for your classes, your this, your that, trust me, where you're gonna stay. You wanna go to Washington to study, to be this thing, guess what? You're gonna have to pay to stay over there, to whatever. So it's gonna cost you money. It's gonna cost you time. It's gonna cost you effort. So how do you think that being a professional musician is any different? 
So if you're taking your career as an amateur, which I will call it, which is basically, oh, you're at home just reading some books and whatever. No, you're never going to be a doctor, sir. No, you're not because you are not focused and you are not investing on yourself. I constantly invest in my sounds. I educate myself. I take master classes. I love that master class of those guys. Taking all those guys, I'll take him. I learn from everybody. I don't have just one guy. I learn from everybody. I know people who's making money in the music business, and I listen to them and to everybody because I truly want to learn from the masters. And the masters are those people making what I want to do, which is make money, make a living. Right. But then set up a little bit for your own soul and have your own little music that you're truly passionate about. And put it out there and see if you can have people love you back for who you truly are. Right. I mean, I think it's just, you know, it boils down to risk, too. It's like, you know, you could just do music in one capacity or you could expand. Right. You could diversify. You can yeah. say, oh, I'm just going to do the music I want. I'm going to hope for the best. Shoot that arrow up into the air and hope it, you know, hits a deer. Or everybody say, thinks they're the, they're the exception. Everybody yeah. thinks I'm the Room, and man. even though, and even for everyone listening that doesn't want to pursue sync or, or underscore anything, and they're thinking, I just want to do the artist thing. It's the same thing. We're not saying there's no artist career. We're just saying like, you know, you have to study, you have to be diligent, you have to do the work and you have to treat it like a business. And I always say, you know, the musicians are the only business owners that don't know they're in business. Like nobody, else ah, just, yeah. <laughs> nobody else just haphazardly well, like tries to open up a I'm, restaurant or tries I'm to be a doctor. Them. Unsuccessful ones are. Yes, uh, unsuccessful. Let me tell you, you are a real musician and you know you're in business. You've always been a good businesswoman. You have, you listen, you learn. You are amazing. Like you guys don't know this, but actually, Chris flew to my house. I had a house in the in the mountains and Salt Lake and the um, in the snow. And uh, Chris flew to my house and stayed with me for like a week. Huh? Yeah. Yeah. And oh my goodness, man, anything I will explain to her, she will be like, she just, you just capture it and apply it and whatever. But you knew what you wanted, Chris. You knew exactly what you wanted to do with it. And you became so good at it so quickly because your humility, you know, because honestly, you really are a humble person. You're a person who really willing to understand and learn from others. And that is a huge quality that is necessary in this life to do. Like no matter how much I think I know, in the moment that I think I know everything is when I stop growing and I become stale and, and mm. I will never know anymore. That's when you become an idiot. As long as if you think you know everything, you're the only idiot in that room. Trust me. <laughs> yeah, 100%. Uh, well, and you know, it's funny. I was reading something the other day and it was talking about like mentorship and <clears throat> finding a mentor or being a mentor or something like that. And it said, you know, the one way to appreciate your mentor is to listen. And there was a crass term used that I'm just going to say right now because I freaking love it. It said, don't be an asshole. Don't be an, <laughs> don't be an, <laughs> don't be an asshole. Don't ask somebody for help and ask them to point you in the right direction or ask them for pointers and tips and tricks on how to do something <laughs> and then turn around and not freaking do it. And be like, oh, okay, that's great. It's like, yeah, thanks for wasting my time. Like, even if they paid you for that time, like it's still, it doesn't feel as good as when somebody, like when you help somebody and you say, you know, I think you should really try this. And they go, okay. And they implement and they do. And like I said, I was just listening to this the other day, but like when we start, when we connected a few years ago and yeah. you were teaching me this stuff over the phone, like we weren't even zooming. You were, we were on a phone call and I was taking off yes. the notes. I was just like, yo, I was like, if I buy myself a ticket, can I come like stay with you guys? Yeah. <laughs> You know, but I said, yes, shit. Okay. And yeah, then you became a whole family and I, you became part of our family. That's when you adopted I, me. I did. I did. She's <laughs> my adopted sister. But the reason is because who you are. And honestly, 
I truly wanted, because you know, the thing with me is I want to teach people so that I can find relationships because yeah. I treasure relationships. I believe that is the true source of opportunity, by the way. First, you have to be educated and prepared because when your opportunity comes, you better freaking be ready. Right. But then the second thing is you have to treasure the relationships because as life goes on, opportunities will come in that direction. It honestly, it's difficult to go onto the internet and write to people, have them write back. I ain't gonna lie to you, it's a, it's a difficult road to follow. But if you can have a cool relationship with somebody who already has many years establishing other relationships, then the degrees of separation get you right there. Boom. With me, Brian was a guy who I thought I failed. In fact, when I, my album was called To Go, you know, in the one that I did. And uh, when I was done, I cried. And I was upset at God. I thought, I'm a good person. What can you bless me? Look, I mean, I can't even begin to explain to you how disappointed I was that God did not bless me with this record going good. And I thought everybody's talking obscenities and I'm doing clean stuff. And I had all these justifications of why God should save me and bless me and pay me for my good deeds. You know, so I, I, was, I wanted to collect on that check. I did the good thing. Now you pay me, you know. <laughs> And then when the album didn't work out, I just thought that God let me down. Sorry to get a little preachy on you guys here, but you know, I am a Christian. So then what happens is then they go, I guess I, I have to accept it. And then guess what? When I did all the whole thing, universal, all that kind of stuff, and my money was all right, you know, wasn't that great. And then I get a call and it was Brian's secretary. The guy who produced my biggest failure as far as I was concerned, all right? And then she goes, hey, you know, we got some contracts that you need to sign. Are you Gabriel Candiani from blah, blah, blah? And I go, yeah. And I go, can I talk to Brian? Is he still there? Because he was like my friend those days. He go, yeah, yeah. He put me Brian and I started talking to Brian. I didn't know Brian was the president of A&R Warner Chapel. I just thought he was my buddy. You know, and I started producing and the guy opened up my mind. He opened up opportunity and I want to share that with him. Now, unfortunately, it cannot be shared with everybody right. because I learned very soon in life that not everybody is ready for this. One, not everybody wants to listen and not everybody has put up enough time to understand what I'm talking about. Because I will say these guys, I teach a master class, which means if you're considering to take my class, you need to take the, your class first, Chris. Because I'm not gonna tell you how to use a compressor and all that kind of stuff. You need to know your elementals, you need to know what you're doing first. And then my job for me is to try to expose you to what you need to be exposed to become a professional. And then if I hear, whoa, this person has what it takes, it deserves a chance, then I wanna give a chance to that person. That truly is what I have in my heart. Now, I know there won't be many crises out there in the world because you are unique. But I sometimes find some people that I'm able to help. Now, some people, I like with this couple, I teach them, they got their thing. They're really badasses, by the way. They're amazing. So they are kind of going in their own way. They own their own thing. They started their own careers. They're selling a bunch of stuff. They took what they learned and they're building their own thing. And you know what? I am very happy for them. And some other ones, like say Ryan, for example, we're doing some stuff for NBC right now. Yes. You know, <laughs> when I got Ryan's demo, let me tell you, I was going to, I called him to tell him no. I felt so bad, but he was just not ready. I'm just just a story. I don't know if Ryan is listening to this. But, uh, okay, I'm just making it public. So when I talked to Ryan, I heard his demo and I go, oh my goodness, this guy is lost in space. I mean, I'm serious. Like I thought there's no chance this guy can possibly learn. 
But in those days, I had this thing in my website that was called the reality check, remember? Yeah. So he paid me like a hundred bucks to have a reality check. He showed me his music and I was going to tell him if I was going to take him on or not. Because I didn't used to teach everybody. I would just teach just like 10 people, like five people. I didn't want to have a whole bunch of people. You know? So then I, I called Ryan for the reality check and I had to give him his reality, which is you really stink kind of. I, I told him, look, man, this is wrong. This is wrong. This is wrong. But I had to just, it was a whipping lesson. Let me tell you, it was off. <laughs> it was like, a cha, cha, cha. like I took out the spank and just yeah. bam, bam, bam. And this guy did not act it offended. And that was the first thing I was, uh, that's a very interesting person. And then I go, well, send me the stuff and I'm going to put you on writing how to fix the damn thing because it's terrible. You know, I did it. And guess what? He sent it back to me. He fixed everything I told him. Wow. So I go, oh, wait a minute. He can be grown. Right. That's, that's in that moment I knew that. So I called him back and I said, all right, I'm going to take you one on one. And we started working on an, an NBC product and we just placed it. Mm. You know, and this is a guy who honestly was a great musician, by the way. He went to Berkeley with a master's or whatever he had in music. And still, I do not know what he learned there. I'm sorry, but it was a mess. Yeah. So I just kind of went through it and just kind of teaching in a more practical way how to get it done and how what sounds to you. No, that's the wrong brass. No, be like blah 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 blah. And we end up with something so cool that I'm only hoping that we're gonna do more. We right now uh, something for ABC that we're working on for this next month, and uh, I think we're gonna start it in the middle of this month. Anyway, so it's becoming a relationship now. In any point, he can just take everything he learned from me and go build his own life and his own career. But so far, we're friends. Now, yeah. once in a while, I find a friend like you who I think I have in my life forever. But sometimes I just train some people and then they have their own things. Yeah. Well, I mean, just the fact that anyone who comes into your world and starts, you know, taking your class or working with you has that opportunity, right? That Like there's yeah. not a lot of teachers out there that are opening, that are leaving an opening like that. They're like, hey, look, if you demonstrate incredible, and I wouldn't even say talent, incredible work ethic, right? Because skill, yes. skill yes. can be taught. So skill can be taught. So as long as you can d demonstrate that incredible work ethic and you're work withable and you're teachable, and then of course to follow your music, you know, yes. it, it meets the mark. It sounds like you're saying that you can get placements for your students. Absolutely, and I do. See, the, the thing is this: I place them with all the. I have all these companies who have the ones who play me the four thousand songs, you know. So those people, I have played so many songs that when I call them, if I say, "Hey, I got a project for you," they pick up the phone. They pick up their cell phones on exactly. Sunday night. All right. In fact, one of my best friends, he is. A, he's got his own label. I call him. He's in Hawaii with his wife. He picks up my phone. That has a value. Right. I'm sorry, so but that brings us. Years. That brings us back to relationships. Like, I think that was just such the the mic drop right there. It's all about, it really, it's not all about relationships, but gosh, can that just be such a, why not shorten the distance between two points? I mean, it's, it's yes. exhausting knocking on people's doors and researching libraries and researching supervisors. It's like, why not work with, why not expand your network and work with people that already have those relationships and serve that person? You because know, you like, have my years, I'm not going to interrupt you, but it's like this, it's called additive value. Well, that's my word for it. What I mean is this, if I am an artist and I have a 20 million followers and I go to Coke, they're going to pay me more money than if I have 2,000. Right. Why? Because the value that I'm bringing by all the people who's already following me to that product is worth a lot of money. So then they are going to pay me more because I have an additive value to my talent. Now, mm -hmm. sometimes people think it's all about my talent. Nope. 
It's about your additive value. That's what it is about. You can give this amazing piece, but if your total value doesn't add up to what they're looking for, they don't take you, even if you're awesome. So the additive value is huge. So when you take on and you have a relationship, for example, let's just, I'm me in this case, for example, who I have 30 years of doing this professionally, right? 30 years. That's a lot of relationships. There's a lot of friendships. There's a lot of going out to dinner. There's a lot of birthday parties of big people that are going to whatever. That makes me pick up the phone and say, I got something that you got to hear. Valuable. And honestly, that is a huge difference of what I'm trying to do and what's being done. I'm sorry to mention it, but let's say masterclass, which I love masterclass. Okay. I, I love masterclass and I take it. And I listen to it and I learn from it. Oh, that's pretty cool. Sometimes I agree, sometimes I don't agree and stuff like that. But I can't write to them and say, hey, can you like connect me with Universal so that I can go? No, <laughs> they don't pick up. Now, in this case, I'm going to make it clear. You can't write to me and tell me, connect me with one and I'm going to do it. No, that's not how it works. You take the course because I don't want to live with children. Remember, what did I tell you about babies? Hey, don't, you don't go to sleep in the bed with children and you wake up wet. <laughs> <laughs> Remember? Remember, and it happened to you. I still remember when you told me, you told me, Gabriel, I woke up wet this morning. <laughs> I knew exactly what you were saying. That. You know, I told you, I told you not to get involved with babies. You know, that's kind of thing. I don't want to get involved with babies. I'm sorry. If I feel that the person who's writing to me is a little too much of a baby, I'm not going to take him on because I don't need that. Only you got I enough have, kids. <laughs> I'm sorry, I already got six kids, by the way. Six kids. Seven, actually, in total. Actually, I have seven kids. Damn. All right. So I don't need another baby. I need adults who can listen to what I have to do. Now, adult doesn't mean you can be 17 years old and be an adult in your mind. See, what I'm saying is, if you write to me and you're like, oh, I don't want to hear about it. I'm sorry. What I want to, what I want to know is, I want to hear a piece and I go, there's talent. This person listened to what I had to say. And then, and then I will write and say, well, let me just meet you. I, I need to see if you're somebody I want to help. Now, if I'm talking to you and I notice you're so full of yourself, you feel like you already know everything, you know, and that I can't really help you, then there's no, no reason. But if I hear somebody and I go, you know, you are very talented and I would like to maybe start by collaborating in some products together. You know what I'm saying? And you're cool. And, I, I get, and I'm walking to those doors who is taking me 30 years to walk in. Gosh, if you can see value in that, you've got a problem, honestly. So it's not just to learning, but to actually just learn and then walk the path. Like for example, for me, Hans Zimmer, I keep talking about him because I think he's awesome. If I, Hans Zimmer had a, a thing, and then he says, and if you're actually good, and I like you. I walk you through some of, some of my contacts, and you know I'll get you some of the albums that I'm producing. Hell, I would pay any money for doing that. Honestly, <laughs> I would. I'll be like, what? Here it is. I sell my car. I wanna be in that thing because I will want to be able to collaborate in those albums that are great and they're going to the big companies. That, but people just not really doing that. But in my case, and you know this, Chris, to be true for my heart. Because actually you convinced me a little more to do the, the let's record it. But because in the beginning I was being a pain, remember? Mm -hmm. I said, no, one <laughs> only. I mean, I was, I, you know, she's my mentor when it comes to teaching. Absolutely you are. So I, I was like, but I, I only want to find some few people like you that I like that I can teach them and give them opportunity. That's all I want. Now you can think, oh yeah, you're a saint, Gabriel. No, I'm not a saint. I'm not a damas either. See, additive value is what I, I think about. So when I met Chris, yeah, Chris has some things to learn, but she was also about us. 
There was not a point where I made Chris that she was not a badass. And I listened to it and I go, damn, her voice is amazing. I would pay just for you to sing any of my songs because you were so good. And then I hear your arrangements and I go, mm, if, if you could just structure it a little bit different, whatever, this could totally work. And then when I talked to you on the phone, I remember the day I was in the mountains that day and I was outside in the ice because there was a party inside. And I was just talking to you and I noticed, I wanna work with this person. And you know what happened? The collaborations that we had in those songs turned out to be so good because the additive value. Because Chris brought Chris into the, into the mix. And what happened is not something I would have done by myself ever, ever. It would have never happened without Chris. So we ended up with this product that it was our baby, basically. And we had this product that sounded unbelievable and it sounded great, but because you brought you into it and then I brought me into it and then we had this great thing. We placed it with water and it was like, no problem. I know that. I don't want to mention her name, but like the president, she was saying, wow, who is this? Because it's very <laughs> impressed. It was really good. But that was additive value. So what I know, I'm not a saint. I'm looking for people that when I hear it, I hear the additive value potential. I go, ooh, like I in my class, I teach one. You, you heard someone that has got this piano stuff? Mm -hmm. Let me tell you, he teaches in the University of Atlanta. And he's a young guy. He used to be my neighbor. And, um, and uh, he's like a big time professor or whatever. And he came to me, showed me his stuff. And I'm sorry, but I had to start with the whipping. Uh, and he was a professor and I go, what are you teaching, man? This is a mess, you know? And I sit down with and, and he took it. And I go, no, mira, look, change this, change that. And he was very open-minded. And we come up with this piece you're gonna hear in my course because he is one pianist. Oh my goodness, classical, amazing pianist. And the added value that happened between of us I enjoy so much. So that is what I want. I want to teach a course so that I don't get babies who don't know what the heck they're talking about. I hope they already took your course, by the way, because I'm not going to tell them how to use an EQ. All right. And I'm not going to teach him all this. I can see what you're teaching and what you're teaching is awesome. So they need to know at least that. So when they already know that they're decent musicians, whatever, that I can go, hmm, this person has real potential. Then they can bring additive value. So I listen to the piece and I go, Hmm, I know who will buy this. I already have a buyer. In fact, before I write to you, trust me, I already know how I'm going to place it. So then I go, oh, I know who will that, and I know what needs. So then I can do a collaboration, you know, bring you in and then place it. How does that help me? Because once that I teach you how to do it really good, we can do a bunch of projects and it costs me half the effort. Because now I go, mira, pa, 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 this is what we're doing and you're working on that. And then I work with somebody else and somebody else and somebody else and somebody else because I am a producer. Boom. Wait, like when we started working together, weren't you producing like 80 projects a month or something like that? What, how much, what uh, was it? No, 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 not a month. I, I had eight, eight albums a month. Eight albums a month. Yeah. I mean, that's what, like Ten songs. 40. Yeah. Okay. See, right. Was, was, you remember 80 because it was the songs. Okay. It was about eight songs every month. Yeah. But I right. can't write 80. I can't write 80 songs. You know what I'm saying? But if I collaborate with the right balances, right, I can right. Right. Because remember how you did it. Basically, I told you, look, we're going to take this from here and then the likeness of this song from the likeness of this song. And we start going through the formulas and you were asking me all these things. And basically, you were one of the first people I ever taught my course to, honestly. Yeah, yeah, because I don't know, you just, you were getting it. So I kept going, you know, and, and then you were getting it. And then at one point, you knew exactly what you needed to do. And then, boom, you started working on it. And then I turned around and I started working with another producer that I was doing. And I turned around and I had another one. And I was doing two albums that month. But yeah. the other six, I was collaborating with other people that I was working, which I still collaborate with all of them, by the way, guys. Right, right. I collaborate with a lot of people. I'm going to lie to you. I do. 
because what there is no end. Music is a mathematical impossibility to end. And, and I won't explain why. So you got 10 numbers, all right? Zero, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. And with that, it's an infinite amount of numbers. You got 12 notes, 12. Right. There's two more notes who that make that so infinitely more uh, huge to do. So music to, to be, oh, everything has been done. Screw that, it's impossible. You tell me how many numbers can you possibly make? That's how many songs you can make. And on top of that, add selection of sound, speed. I mean, everything that goes into the math of music is impossible to end. So when you get relationships and you gain additive value, it will be awesome. So my dream is to teach you all your basics, listen to you and to go, I see some additive value right here. Reach out, come up with a cool project, find one of those big companies I work with, put it out there. And if our personalities work, we just keep repeating the process repeating the process, you know, and and that's it. That's what I want to, because I started playing everything, honestly. I played the guitar, the drums, bass, the whole thing. That's how I started it. But at this point in my life, I only take one or two projects that I play everything on. Everything else, I work with Collaboration, people. yeah. Collaboration with people that I love, that I trust, that I have fun doing it with. Yeah, yeah. You're my favorite person to collaborate with. I love working. <laughs> Gabriel tells me to do something. He says, jump. I say, how high? And I mean that like exactly like that because it's like he's my additive value. When Gabriel says he's going to – when I'm going to work with someone like Gabriel, I know like exactly what I'm getting into. Like I know this guy's not messing around. I know he already has a client picked out. Like there's no – this isn't like, oh, you know, I think we should do this. It's like, no, man, you're the man. Like, you know, and it's kind of like just kind of uh, – it's just amazing. I'm just so happy that uh, we're have, talking about this. Uh, you know what? You see, this is a very good example of our personalities really mashed, you know, yeah. because that's what it is. And, and like, with, like I mentioned Corbin, and I can mention more Chris uh, from Arizona. And, and it's another Chris, is a guy. Oh, like yeah, he's, yeah. He's got his own thing. You know, he's uh, from, um, I don't know if I can mention his band or whatever, but he's got a pretty good big band. And I he used to be heavy metal. So right. I'll tell you a little bit about Chris. So he used to be heavy metal dude. I'm like, you know, like that. And I heard it and I go, dang, that's really badass. Now, can you sing this? And it was a really uh, poppy thingy. And then he goes, dude, you're gonna make me sound like, I'm gonna say that. And because you is really metal dude. And I go, dude, just try it. And then we did it and he sounded amazing, honestly. We're not doing the screamo thingy. And I said, well, we're gonna, I like your screamo thingy, so let's product. We made a product for ESPN, and I made one for uh, the wrestling, the WW something. We made two albums like that, and I told him I don't have a client right now for that, but I think you got more potential. And we and I and I told him I want to do a song like this. He was so mad at me, but he will still do it. That's what I like about him. Because let me tell you, sometimes the geniuses of the world are very difficult to lead. Yeah. You know, because in my class, I always tell them, don't be a genius. That's like the worst thing you can do. People don't want to deal with geniuses, right? So he's a little bit of a genius. So then I was like, dude, I need you to do this that I'm asking you to do. He didn't want to do it and he found me and found me, but he did it anyway. So we did this one song I won't mention, and it became a recurring song in the Vampire Diaries. Holy shit. So that song took his channel and blew him up. Yeah. Yeah, he, I, he has like 700,000 followers at this point or whatever. And how yeah. it started? Because the one song he did not want it to do ended up in, in, in Vampire Diaries 
And then that just got its own role. And, and besides, he worked his ass off, okay? He does a lot of promotions. Hey, he stops on top of it. But yes, when you do things for libraries, and then they put their music in this humongous TV show, suddenly you got this humongous exposure, you know, that it's, it's impossible to, to, to stop. So yeah, libraries help a lot. I have the music goes into a big TV film or a TV film or whatever, and then the theme is your song. Trust me, you made it right oh, there. Yeah, that's it right there, right? Yeah, but anyway, in this case, I moved him into something he didn't want to be. But he allowed me to produce him. I go back to that. I am a producer. Yes, I'm an arranger. Yes, I'm a musician. But my job is to produce. So I told him, I think this is what it is for you, man. And he's like, no, man, dude, that, don't do that heavy metal with me. You go, I, I, we already did that. We're going to do this. And now he does it all the time. And honestly, he does it better than I ever told him. Like, I, bet, I bet he's not mad about it now when he's cashing them checks. He's like, doop the doo, singing on that pop music. But you know what happens, honestly? Sometimes he just, he just forgets that I told him. You know, and he tells me his bad-ass idea that he had. And I told him, Chris, shut up. <laughs> I, I had to fight you into submission to do that. <laughs> don't <laughs> don't forget up. who brought you up, boy. Yeah, but no, we are, we are great friends. He's an artist, you know, and he's really doing his own thing, growing his channel and kicking ass, honestly. He's not doing a lot of um, music libraries anymore. He doesn't need to, you know, he doesn't need that. He doesn't need the money anymore and stuff. So he's chilling. He's doing good. When one of my students do that, it makes me happy. Because you know what the measure of a good mentor is? What do you think it is? I don't know if I told you this before. Oh, wait, hold on. Let me think. The measure of a good mentor? Yes. Oh, is, is that their mentee outgrows them? Yes! Hey, hey. Yeah. The mentor of a, a good mentor is that their mentee outgrows him. Like yeah. you. You are grooming in so many ways. Uh, you really did. And I love it. In fact, when sometimes when I'm teaching my class, I tell everybody, if you think you can kick my ass, basically, awesome. Because that's what I'm looking <laughs> for. You know what I'm saying? Because I don't have any vanity about it. I don't want to- Same here. I am, I am obsessed with my students' success. Like more excited- for for their success than any of anything that I can do for myself at this point. I just I get all giddy inside. It's like, you know, what used to light me up about like, oh, I got a placement or oh, this cool thing happened. I'm now like, oh, my student got a place. You know, it's 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 yes. totally changed. So you are a really good teacher and you are a good mentor. Thank you. You know, I, I was blessed with a good mentor, which was Brian to me. Like he, he was an amazing mentor. I was blessed with that man in my life. All right. And then I wanted to be a blessing on others. So I have become a blessed in a few. You're you know blessing to me. I hope that they become a blessing on others. Now, you particularly, you've been a blessing to a lot of people. Most people, they just become a blessing to one or two people. But you, man, you are blessing a lot of people's lives. So you're one of my pride, you know, honestly. I don't believe yeah. in pride, I guess, because it's like thinking you're better than anybody. But but there is this feeling Listen, that I can if you want to call me your favorite student, that's All right, yes. <laughs> yes. We won't tell Corbin. It's okay. No. <laughs> Don't worry, Corbin never listens to this stuff. <laughs> I know, right? He's got another personality. Cor yeah, Corbin he's... ain't listening to no podcast. It's all yeah. good. Yeah, yeah, that's Corbin. No, you don't know him, but he's a completely different thing. He's a genius on his own right. And dude, that guy sticks to himself. That's just who he is. I, I'm happy to be his friend. And, you know, and, and we developed that relationship because I wanted to play guitar and I got him from Craigslist. And then he Craigslist, came to... that's right. Yes, yes, yes. He wasn't a murderer, so it worked out real good. <laughs> <laughs> I almost spit my water out on my keyboard. Yeah. That was dangerous. Uh, he, he went to the house and I started hearing him play and I very quickly realized 
it's going to take me years to play with these guys playing right now. So I say, I got this song. Do you want to do it? Actually, can, can I, I hire you to play? Can I have a session? That's really what happened. He ended up like, giving me the lesson and play all the guitars I wanted to play myself. And I realized at the time, it's going to be years. And now let me just have this guy play them. And I kind of play badly what I wanted. And then he played perfectly. And then I hired him frequently. So he started noticing my process. And he started asking me, well, how do you do this? And why do you do this? And I suddenly I find myself teaching him. And I never stingy to, to, to teach anybody. And, and let me tell you one of the reasons why I'm never stingy. But what it comes to is your relationships and your personality. That's where your success is going to be. I can teach you everything, but if you're a butthead, you're going to do nothing with it. I'm telling you right now, you're going to do nothing with it because you're a butthead. All right. But, butthead. If, but if you're open and, and you understand these principles and develop your relationship and everything, you will have a great career. It's okay. just the way it is. Because who you want to work with, think about it. You know, when you walk into a company, the, the biggest deal that I've been offered to me is by people who I establish a relationship with times. Very few of my big deals came like somebody called me and said, hey, I got this big pay gig for you. Nah. Yeah. Most of the time, the person that calls me is somebody who knows he can trust me, that I'm never problematic, that I always deliver on time, on budget, on terms. Yeah, and yeah. they know exactly what to count on when they're talking to me. That's the people who gives me opportunities. And honestly, to all of you who are listening, the one big thing I want you to take out of this is develop good relationships, treasure them, raise them with lots of love, and understand that the way to do this is not by expecting anything from it, but simply giving your heart to it. And then that good will come back into your life. You throw some good out there and that good will come back. It's just the way that the world works. 100%. Oh my gosh. There's just so many, like, uh, I'm going to cut us here. I'm going to cut us off here, even though I don't want to, because I feel like I could just talk to you forever. Like we, that's what we do. Um, and I, I just, thank you. I'm so grateful that you're here and that you've like shared your wisdom with my audience. I've learned so much from you and I will thank continue you. to be grateful for everything that I've learned and I continue to learn from you. So thank you. And thank you for sharing with, with us today. Uh, really quick before we we jump off. So so Gabriel has put together, uh, because I nudged him, I'm going to take credit for that. Uh, yes, yes, yes. It was you. It was course. Um, so I lied to you that whole course. was. Uh, in fact, she taught me how to use it. She taught my wife how to set up the website and the whole thing. <laughs> I may I have spearheaded this a little bit. but She's yeah. a master at these kind of, I mean, you are amazing at, at courses. You are really amazing. I appreciate the blessing that you have been in my life about that because the opportunity that I may have you know to share these kind of relationships with other people is something that I treasure I would really love honestly making money who doesn't like that you know I would like to you know multiply my call yay but ultimately for me I'm looking forward to see what happens once you took the whole course. And I'm looking forward to the questions because if somebody goes Gabriel you didn't explain this good enough awesome let me see what it is and then i'm going to put it in a facebook or something because it truly my objective is to collaborate my objective is to bring opportunity to your life not just knowledge i want opportunity to touch your lives that's really what i want to do and because it's a selfish reason because i want to add additive value to my productions because i can produce 10 albums a month i need people i can work with 
I have all this opportunity and there's all these people looking for opportunity. So I'm thinking, let me find some people. I can bring opportunity to me and they can bring a little bit of extra hands so that I can fulfill all this opportunity. I think it's a win-win situation. That sounds like a win-win-win. I love it. Okay, so I have had the chance to start going through the course, you guys. And I mean, talk about over-delivering. This is my fellow Taurus brother right here, just being a boss with the way he showed up with this course. When he finally let me in to take a peek at it, I was like, oh my God. Gosh, it, it, it's so good. And I don't want to give away too much. And I actually, what I want to talk about right now is depending on the time that somebody is listening to this, um, we are about to do um, a workshop where Gabriel and I are basically going to be discussing at an even, even deeper level, all things sync, all things underscore. I'm talking metadata. I'm talking sound selection. I'm talking like getting in there and he's going to have the DAW open. So we're actually going to jump in and get be able to take a visual look at some of his best tips and tricks. Okay. So what I'm going to do for this is I'm going to, I'll link it to produce like a boss.com slash underscore. And that's how, depending on when you're listening to this, you'll be able to get into this free workshop that we're going to put on for you. I'm going to be there and, uh, and we're going to be there together. And then, um, I will be able to change that link over to get in touch with him. If we've passed the, re uh, the workshop for either a replay or just to get directly to the course information. So you can see how to sign up either way. I'll make sure that produce like a boss.com slash underscore takes you straight to my mentor, Gabriel Candiani and production music masterclass. And I have a feeling that underscore is just the first leg of this journey because there's such a vast yeah. world that you do. You, I wouldn't even say, I would say underscore you'd say is like the, the number one breadwinner, but you do everything. It makes the most of the money, but like Gabriel does everything from, you know, hip hop and rock and pop. I mean, you've even been BMI songwriter of the year twice. So there's literally nothing this guy hasn't done or can't do. So I'm so excited to connect you with him. I'll make sure to drop a link for that in the notes. Once again, Gabriel, Oh, I love you so much. Thank you. Love you too, Chris. <laughs> Thank you. All right. See ya. Bye-bye. Well, there you have it, folks. That is my mentor. And what a fun conversation that was. And like, man, he does not hold back. Like the way he will talk to you about the industry and what's really, really happening behind the scenes is really kind of unheard of for somebody with his with his credits and what he's done. So that being said, I really hope you got a lot of value out of this. I get so much value every time I talk to him. And I really hope that you'll join us for this uh, free workshop. I will drop the details in the show notes. And, you know, don't worry if you're listening past the date of that workshop, because we'll make sure that you either get over to a replay or that you get over to some other, you know, juicy freebie that he'll have ready for you. All right, you guys. So as usual, I'm going to take us out with one of my songs. This is actually a song I did in partnership with Gabriel. Uh, his company is Don Candiani Productions, and this one's called Crumble. It's a demolition, the way you break me down. Didn't need ammunition to tear my walls to the ground. It's a sweet fix but a deadly desire Addicted to the flame, keeps me playing with the fire Weak knees shaking like I'm on a high wire Don't let me tumble In your hands, baby, I just saw Slipping through the cracks but a love will fall Like a high-rise hit with a wrecking ball I crumble It's a detonation 
Tumble 